Sometimes when I think about Simon and Garfunkel, I think of uh, Siegfried and Roy. Oh, nice. You do, do you see Siegfried and Roy? I think of like um, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley's brothers <laughs> in that picture. Uh, <laughs> like one of my all-time favorite uh, groups, for sure. Um, Paul Simon's great. Really yeah. understands American music. Um, how to write great lyrics that aren't like stuck up. Great piano playing. Like just the right amount of jazzy gospelness. Also, for my money, the greatest ballad singer of all time, Art Garfunkel. Voice is just perfectly pure. Yeah, it is. It's like listening to an oboe. dominant chords <laughs> deceptive cadence this song is just like a master class in like how to write chords around a melody all these little like piano flourishes but it's not like he's not overdoing overdoing it it, yeah also like the song is about friendship and i think like friendship is like a little exciting sometimes it's not always like 100 percent just sturdy you know sometimes you're taking shots at maggie's with your friends (laughs) that's what those piano flourishes are There's su- like such a great reverb on his voice. I, I know. I don't know if it's just the way he sings, I think, though. Yeah, it's great. these lyrics too because it's like it's about what real friendship is it's like not like i'm gonna stop the water from being troubled because you can't it's like i'm just gonna help you out so you can get over it yeah that's great oh right i feel like these were like weird ass recording techniques at the time too like oh let's just have like a symbol come in that's kind of like brittle. And yeah. Not very pretty. No. It's not a pretty symbol. But then we got these, that bass uh, line. And they're fucking right yeah. here? Yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell? Oh, now it's in the nah, fucking left exactly. ear. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was pretty common for um, these people to uh, record bass lines with like multiple bass parts. Mm. And now Simon and Garfunkel, their harmony. We talk about that harmony blend all the time. But you can only get that sound if you're just Jewish kids who sing together at like some NYU A.E. Pi fraternity. Right. 
Really weird, far away sounding drums. Which I always really like that technique because it feels dramatic but doesn't eat up the rest of the space. Just gonna let this one ride. It's like I like that the song doesn't have too much going on until at the end. Yeah. This dude's in the fucking stratosphere with his singing. That note. Oh. Like those weird orchestral things. Making me think of Fanfare for the Common Man. Yeah. Aaron Copeland. And with a song like that, you gotta end it. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like, we research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they're written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today we're going to talk about a real American classic, which I think maybe New American Classic is the name of a Tiggy Mac Sunday song. Great song. (laughs) But we're not talking about that one. We're talking about this Simon and Garfunkel song, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Released on January 20th, 1970, it was the last song recorded for the legendary duo's fifth and final album. It's kind of like the last gasp of Simon and Garfunkel, who were like a monolith when it comes to like folk music. Uh, it won five Grammys in 1971, Jeez. including Record of the Year and Song of the Year. It sold over six million singles worldwide, making it among the best-selling singles of all time. Not surprised, right? Yeah. This is a song that is like instantly relatable in terms of lyric and like what it's about. I could see any artist who sings well having a hit cover out of it yeah right i was thinking about that when we were listening to it i was like how good would an adele cover be yeah Sam yeah, Smith. yeah 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 or like call it even yeah. would be cool yeah yeah like yeah. an updated urban version. yeah that would be sick. really sick uh it was recorded in california using session musicians from the famous wrecking crew right nice. we talk about them a lot i think they were a lot of the musicians on the beach boys tune that yeah. we covered um the song was written by paul simon and produced by simon Art Garfunkel and Roy Haley. So like pretty cool that Paul Simon wrote his own songs. I mean, nowadays we're like a little bit more used to this idea, but back then it was very common to like have songwriters and performers. Yeah. And he was like, and at the beginning of his career, him and Garfunkel were kind of met with this, like, why should you perform the songs that you write? Right. Um, But that's really dumb. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how like the evolution of like the music industry production has like changed. Yeah. being a producer used to be an office job. Yeah, exactly. Like back in the 50s and 60s, you were kind of like an office guy and you'd go and you'd produce music like a day gig. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like songwriters. And then it was really common in, during the Motown days to have songwriters. And then it got less common. And now it's really common to have tons of songwriters on your stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. And it, the business is just interesting. It just ebbs and flows. That's why it's yeah. cool when, it's, when you've got somebody like Paul Simon who for like 60 years – has been releasing like really incredible music and does everything himself. Yeah. Like I remember one time yeah, I listened to an, a great interview with Alec Baldwin interviewing Paul Simon about cucumbers. I'm kidding. But he, but he interviewed him and he was like, so how come you never work with a producer? And uh, Paul Simon was like, why would I work with a producer? All they do is finish the songs and pick the sounds. He's like, I'm a musician. I know how to do that. Right. And I remember hearing that and being like, yeah, you're goddamn right. That's yeah. all it is. Some people need yeah, some people need it and some people don't. I mean, I want a producer. Everybody, yeah. sh- everybody probably wants one because it helps carry the load. You know, a producer right. can be a bridge over troubled water right. sometimes. Exactly, right, but, right, But like, right. you don't need it. 
Right. Um, anyway, Simon, Paul Simon felt that Art Garfunkel should sing the song solo, which was kind of a weird call at the time because they were really famous for their harmony. But damn, it was smart because for my money, like nobody sings a better ballad than Art Garfunkel. I mean, this is perfect as a solo piece. Got you. And then so and then Paul Simon sings the harmonies. Yeah, he comes in at the end. But the, there are not really a lot of harmonies on that song. Just the end, Which yeah. I think is cool. Like this idea of restraint in music and we talked about it we briefly touched on it with the piano player like having some flourishes but not really overdoing it it's like restraint in music is fucking hard i know it's It's, so easy one just like freaking shed out mm, and it's like you have to remember like sure it might take you two weeks to record this song and and you want that to be reflected in music so you're like let me put more and more and more to show like two weeks right but when somebody listens to it, it's just like three minutes of their life, and then they move on. Yeah. And then they say, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I got episodes of uh, Bob's Burgers to watch. Nice. I can't, I can't think about this music right. too hard. Larry Nectel plays the iconic piano. Nice. Joe Osborne on the bass. Hal Bayline and the drums. Um, of interesting note, we kind of talked about this. Osborne, the bass player, recorded two separate bass tracks. Cool. One high and one low to create a full sound. This was really common recording back then called TikTok bass. Hmm. Like a, a what you you know TikTok like yeah. a Chinese espionage company. Of course, right. But uh, <laughs> but basically what you would do is you would record like a main bass part and then a higher one with like a through like a big spring reverb tank gotcha. and would create like this big field of bass sound. Um how Balon tracked the drums in an echo chamber. That makes sense. To achieve the effect. Do you want to talk about like what an echo chamber is? Yeah. Like what I think it is, is um, these studios back in the seventies, sixties had these huge like chambers. Yeah. And what they virtually were are giant stairwells or basements. And what they ended up doing is they put a bunch of speakers in these chambers. And what you could do is send a vocal to these speakers in this big echoey room and they would have microphones down there to pick up all the echo. Mm-hmm. Like have you ever been like in a, like in an amphitheater when it's empty yeah. and you're like, wow, this sounds amazing. Yeah. It's the same concept, except we're just doing it with speakers and microphones. So then you could record this natural reverb of this basement or this stairwell in real time. And so what they probably did was just put the drums in the echo chamber, yeah, yeah. which is just a massive empty space. Usually with like, who knows, concrete walls. Mm-hmm. So the sound just bounces all over the place. And they just had the microphones pick up this echoey room. That's so cool. They did really experimental drum shit with like a lot of the Simon and Garfunkel recordings. Yeah, they were always cool. doing stuff like this. Like all those drums on Sound of Silence are really weird. Yeah. I remember listening when I was a kid listening to Save the Life of a Child. And it was just like, what the fuck are these drums? Like it's yeah. just like so aggressive and obtuse. But I it's think it's up twos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when the drums come in in this song, we were talking about it. We're like, that doesn't sound great, but it works. It's like, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, in this song, it sounds yeah. like the drums sound like sounds in nature. Yeah, yeah. Like if like there was like rushing water or trees falling or mm-hmm. an avalanche or something like it's kind of yeah. like giving that emotion. You, you can't. It's like the song is a lot about the stability of friendship whenever that comes not like the lifetime stability not eternal but when you know the moments in which we feel it and you can't have stability without something to test it right and that's what i kind of like about these drums is when they come in it's like like uh, garfunkel's established himself as like being a friend to you as the listener right and then these kind of terse elements come and you're still in it but you're like oh now that's been tested right it feels more resolute yeah damn i love the song (laughs) paul simon apparently wrote the song so quickly 
that he asked to himself, quote, where did that come from? It doesn't seem like me. It's pretty interesting, like inspiration. Sometimes when it, comes. it happens, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Simon named Bach's O Sacred Head Now Wounded as a source of inspiration for the melody. It's so crazy. Like, <laughs> like the, the idea of ideas yeah. is so <laughs> complex. Yeah. Like, and just like, he's just like, yeah, like how, like you just sit down or it just, it just comes to mm-hmm. you. It's just like this abstract thing. Like, what is an idea? What is the most resilient parasite? An idea. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. It's like, so strange. The whole, the, everything in the world has to work out exactly as it did for him to write the song. Yeah. And like sometimes that's inconsequential. Like sometimes everything in the world has to work out for me to write a song that sucks. Right. But when it works out really well like this, it's just like, damn, like God has to be real or something. Fate? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like it's, yeah. it's just perfect. Like it's just like every decision everyone's ever made has Let, led to this culminating yeah, exactly. point. Exactly. Even even things that don't even matter, like you know, some guy mm-hmm. like out in like whoever in Spain decides not to do something crazy that affects the yeah. Western world. It's like yeah, yeah. every idea has culminated to this moment in time. All the idea, all of his ideas led to him writing that song. And then it led to us doing a podcast about it. Yeah, it's all come to this point. Yo, you'll love this. Paul Simon wrote the song like he did most songs on the acoustic guitar. Tried to record it like that. Was like, nope, piano's better. Yeah, for this song, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard some guitar versions that are very good, though. Like, there's a great version of him singing it Mm. and playing it on guitar. And it's pretty arresting. Like, it's a little less epic, but still really good. Yeah. I was going to ask, like... Have you ever been in the room once? And it's like, I don't know. Have you ever been in the room when somebody has like recorded a masterpiece? I don't know that I have. Definitely not at the level of like Bridge Over Trouble. Water. Yeah, like masterpiece is so hard. Like these songs only come around. Yeah. So, I mean, so rare. Have I been around people that have like had such an epic vocal take where everyone's yeah, yeah. like, wow, like that was an incredible mm-hmm. take? Definitely. But to be in the presence of a masterpiece, oh, it's special. Yeah, it's like like one I'm day not, we'll yeah. get. You'll get there. I know you. Know? Yeah, and it's like, in, but like in this style of recording, it's not like we punched every single line by line by line. <laughs> it's just Garfunkel. Like, just it's just him like, in the there, like singer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Will that happen? Who knows? Yeah, that's like thinking about him singing this song in real life. Because like when we think about music, we know it's real, but we think about it as like this is the record. But like when you go deeper and you like think about him actually singing this it's like oh my fucking world is rocked yeah it's amazing thanks so much y'all for listening to this podcast please tell your friends about this podcast in real life or on instagram patreon we also have a playlist on spotify with all the songs and episodes from season one and season two only two more episodes in season two crazy we might come back for season three we'll we'll see if we get renewed by the the network (laughs) (laughs) green tv right let us know how we're doing with this podcast rate and review us on itunes let us know what songs you want us to do episodes about thanks for listening to this